Thanks for joining me on this simple coach to coach interview. Appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to talk to me. I'm super excited um, about this one because I have to say, I have been a fan of St. Olaf since I started watching you guys last year. And I thought you, you were a special team playing a very good style of soccer. So that warmed my sensibilities. And um, so, yeah, so really thankful that you, you, you took the time. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, very excited to be here. And, uh, yeah, uh, appreciate all you do for D3 Soccer. Okay. Thank you. Hey, um, so I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, like, let's just clear the tape. This is really difficult for me. This is very tough for me. Wearing this hat is extremely difficult for me. Anyone with any Ohio Wesleyan connection, I am traumatized by you guys. I said it to Jay in the past, 1986, freshman year, playing this team. I'm a kid from New Jersey playing in Ohio. Hear about this great team, Ohio Wesleyan. Actually pl go down to, to play you guys. Actually doing really well as a goalkeeper. And I come out for a ball and um, on the ground, grab the ball, and one of your, one of your fellow battling bishops of a bygone era just so happens to confuse my head with uh, the soccer ball, knocks me unconscious. And so I blame you guys for a lot of things. When it, whenever there's something that goes wrong, I blame the battling bishops. And I actually partially blame you guys for this channel um, um, because of the insanity that has ensued. So, um, so yeah. Well, I'm happy. If, if that's what led to this channel, then I'm very happy that uh, an Ohio yeah. Wesleyan player kicked you in the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember my name, but, <laughs> I, you know, like, I did this channel, so that's all good. Um, hey, um, so so th if I read this right, this is your fourth year or fifth year? I can never – I, I just finished my fourth, uh, fourth fall season. We had uh -huh. three because of the COVID year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just entered year five. Okay. Um, you know, maybe you can just talk a little bit about your, your soccer experience. How did you end up at uh, St. Olaf? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll rewind to uh, where I went to college. Um, so your sport in the hat, I, I was uh, able to play at Ohio Wesleyan from uh, 2008 uh, graduated in 2012. Uh, the final season there was the fall of 2011, uh, where we had a great year and won the national championship, which was awesome. Um, after that season, uh, was able to get invited to uh, have some opportunities to play after and try out for some teams. So at the time, it was uh, Minnesota Stars was the name yep. out here. Um, mm -hmm. and that is present day Minnesota United. So mm -hmm. came out here for, you know, a week tryout and did good enough to get invited back. Um, and ended up making the team. So moved to Minnesota and, uh, got to, I used the term play loosely, um, cause I didn't really play very much, but, uh, I, I got to, to play, uh, in the, at the time it was the NASL, um, which in the structure was MLS, NASL, yeah. USL. Now the NASL doesn't exist anymore. But I uh, had a great time for two years playing. But while I was doing that, I was also uh, began my coaching career as uh, an assistant coach at St. Thomas, um, mm -hmm. right when uh, the head coach there, John Lowry, had just taken over the program um, and had a really fun two years with him. And, you know, I, I loved Minnesota. Um, and the only reason I, I left was because um, my playing career was over after two years. So went back to Ohio, worked at uh, Xavier for uh, one fall season. Uh, then I went back to Ohio Wesleyan and uh, helped Jay out for, for a few years. Um, and you know, the reason I brought up the stuff I just did was because I don't think if had I not played out here and lived out here, I don't think the name St. Olaf would have been it wouldn't have Anything. registered on my yeah. radar, but those two years I spent out here, um, I remember the campus. Um, it, I had nothing but fond memories of what a nice place it was, and it kind of checked every box for me. Um, mm -hmm. 
from a uh, from an employer standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my boss here, he's in his eighth year now, but he's done. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, I think Saint Olaf, as a whole, that the reputation uh, that I was told when I got this job was, you know, they're they're pretty good at everything, and if they ever really like went all in on sports, they'd be really good at a lot of things. And mm-hmm. in the last eight years, uh, you know, we built a one point two five million dollar soccer only uh, facility, a nine million dollar ice arena. Yeah, they redid the basketball floor, new golf simulators, new varsity mm-hmm. athlete weight room. Um, just he's done amazing things and, and put the infrastructure in place. Um, and, uh, I felt that on my interview out here. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I really enjoyed my time at Ohio Wesleyan. Um, I had a good thing going with coaching there and, and, um, getting to coach some really good club teams. And it was always going to take something really like impactful. And, and I felt special mm-hmm. for, for me to want to leave there. And, um, St. Olaf checked all those boxes and, mm-hmm. Five years later, um, here I am, and, and I'm. Yeah. Uh, as, as I reflect on that, I'm just very happy that uh, that made that move. Um, loved my time there, but uh, the last five years at St. Olaf have been some of the most rewarding I've had professionally. Yeah. Were you at St. Thomas before they went Division One? Yeah, yeah, way before. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. 2012 yeah, yeah. and 13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I know that they changed over. Yeah. Uh, Two years ago, three yep, years. Two ago? years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they were Division Three at the time. Yep. Um, th- let me ask you because you, you obviously a high level player. Like you don't, you don't, you didn't play for the Stars. And I thought you got. Did you get a trial with Co- the Columbus Crew? Yeah. So I, I played. I played with the Columbus Crew Academy in like the yeah. inaugural year of it, um, yep. and, and we were really good team and. Yeah. Just because Ohio Wesleyan is close um, to Columbus, yeah. um, I and I had a, a pretty good career at OWU. Mm-hmm. Um, they invited me in for preseason, and yeah. um, you know didn't make the team, but it was pretty awesome. I mean, I, I'm a huge Columbus Crew fan, um, yeah, so yeah. just getting to spend two or three weeks, whatever it was, with guys I like grew up cheering for was was pretty yeah. surreal. And yeah. still to this day, my claim to fame is that I won the beep test. Um, when I was in preseason <laughs> with them, and some Columbus dispatch writer wrote an article about it, uh, or it wasn't an article; it was a little blurb about it. But uh, I am that is still to this day, I think, one of my proudest accomplishments. <laughs> I I should I know some people who are in, in MLS and whatever. I should wa- I should ask if your name is somewhere in their <laughs> training facility. I, I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. But. <laughs> You know, I, I won the beep test, couldn't kick a ball to save my life for three weeks, yeah. but I, I won the beep test. That's what I, I um, had on. Wait, so I just want to clarify for people who are watching this. You weren't just an you weren't just a pretty good player. Like you were was it three time, four time all American? I was player, I was a player of the year. Two time player in player of the year. Yeah. So it, at Ohio Wesleyan, yep. which is a remarkable accomplishment and I, I just didn't want people to think oh it's another guy who can't play so he coaches <laughs> like no you were you were you were you were the bee's knees that's for sure I appreciate that a lot <clears throat> all right so <clears throat> you have an interesting perspective because of that high level and your sort of your coaching journey and how that all started out and you've got I mean you know, Xavier Division One, really, you know, good program. You were Ohio Wesleyan, obviously, and now St. Olaf for the last five years. So let me ask you something from your perspective and all of that experience. Do you do you think players in this 10 years, 12 years that you've been doing this, um, or actually longer, that uh, players have gotten better or are um, – either technically or just more aware of the game or, or any of that from the days that when you were playing at this level? Um, yeah, I, on the whole, yes. Um, I, I do believe that I, uh, you know, I, I played on four really good teams when I was playing for Jay. Um, and you know, that's kind of what I knew about division three soccer, um, when I left and, I oftentimes compare the teams I coach at St. Olaf to those teams just to yeah. try to get a measuring stick. And, uh, you know, I really feel like um, like not just us, but the teams we play against as well are just better on, on the whole. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I 
you know, my, my good friend and my old uh, assistant coach when I played at Ohio Wesleyan, uh, Brandon Bianco. Oh, yeah. Him and I talk often about how, like, the days of just getting able to – or being able to roll out of bed and win 15 games um, – pretty easily are over um just i think the level of coaching has gotten a lot better i think the level of players got a lot better and um you just you got to work for everything a little bit more than than you probably used to have to yeah that's true about the coaching as well i think just the younger generations that have come through have just sort of been exposed to different aspects of the game that again back in the 80s it was you know you learned what you learned from your coaches, mm-hmm. but now you could learn from so many different places and watch totally a crazy amount of games on TV and over the internet that you never had a chance. For sure. Hey, since you raised uh, Coach Bianco, he traumatizes me as well. Like, I'm just saying, it's not just you. It's, you know, another battling bishop that's um, – how influential, because everyone I talk to says, like, they like you can't say enough about how impactful he was, but how, how important was Jay, um, was Jay Martin at Ohio Wesleyan for your development as a coach? Oh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Infinite. I mean, he, uh, I, I kind of felt like I always wanted to, to go into coaching, which was a, a reason why I wanted to go to Ohio Wesleyan because, mm-hmm. I knew at that time, I mean, it's crazy. At that time, Jay's big marketing thing, um, or that his assistants marketed about him was that he was the fastest coach to 500 wins. And then I was there as a player for win 600 and then there as an assistant coach for win 700. 700, It's, it's pretty crazy, um, how much he's done, but, you know, I think philosophically, uh, he's rubbed off, um, in a big way on, on not just me, but the other, the other guys that have, have, played for him that have gotten into coaching and I think a, a big reason why we've decided to go into coaching is because of the experience we had playing for him and yeah. you know I when I reflect on my time as a student athlete at Ohio Wesleyan obviously very grateful to get to play for Jay but also to have Brandon as the associate head coach for my yeah. time there like I that doesn't happen at, at too many division three yeah. places where you get you know the the all-time greatest coach and then mm-hmm. um you know a, a someone who is obviously doing great things uh, like Brandon yeah. is. And yeah. um, that's a big reason why we were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Not to, not to undercut what Brandon's all about because he's another one that just totally impresses me about how he mm-hmm. wants to play and what he expects out of his program. Um, just turning this a little bit. What, well, maybe you could give me your impressions of the, the MIAC, the Minnesota intercollegiate athletic conference. Um, competitiveness again especially for folks who like tend to focus a lot on the east coast conferences just because it's a lot easier to to track yeah um it's a fun conference um it's the first conference that i have coached or played in that has six teams that make the conference tournament so that adds a, a layer of um chaos in the final week, because typically everybody's playing for, for a spot in the playoffs still, um, or uh, for their seed in, or playing for a home game or whatever it may be. I mean, you look at last year, for example, because uh, we have an odd number of teams, there's always a team that doesn't play. And in my opinion, we got the absolute worst bye week, which was the final Saturday of the regular season. Yeah. So we finished playing Augsburg on a Wednesday um, in a pretty – just insane, yeah, awesome, game. insanely great game. Um, and then we had to wait uh, for the games to play on a Saturday to see if we were going to be the two or the three seed. Um, yeah. So uh, that, and then there's other versions of other teams waiting to see, like if we tie, if we win, where are we going to be? Will we make it? Um, but I think there's from top to bottom, um, it's, it is a really competitive conference. Um and you get a little bit of everything in terms of the way the teams play. Um, but there just, there aren't that many easy games. Um, I think where you play teams is really important. Um, there's certainly turf teams and, and we're one of them that I think when you get us on, on grass, it's, it's advantage. It, it plays yeah. into your hands a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, St. Mary's is, is in Winona and, and you know, they haven't, 
had a great conference record the last two years, but they play on actually the opposite of um, long, uh, <laughs> of, of long, thick grass. They play on like, I don't know, 12 or 13 year old turf. That is the fastest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I feel like the ball's out of bounds more than it's inbounds. And, yeah. and it's two and a half hours away from most of the places. So it's, it just presents um, different traveling like variables. Mm-hmm. Um, so from top to bottom, um, it, it is a fun conference. Uh, you get to do a little bit of traveling, but all within reason. Um, and uh, you're typically always playing for something up until the final day. So I, yeah. I think that just presents a lot of a lot of fun and a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you know, I talked to Coach, Coach Hulker from Augsburg yep. um, last week, and he had mentioned that he would like to play you guys home and away for the entire season. So <laughs> nine home games, nine away games. Cause he said that that three, three tie was just absolutely some of the, that was probably the best game he was yeah. involved in. It was I mean, so it, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, in the first 15 minutes, it kind of sucked cause we were down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and honestly, like we, we hadn't been down like that um, in the last couple of years to, and we played, Pretty hard schedules. I think this last year we either had the hardest non-conference schedule in the country or, or a top three or Pretty four close. non-conference. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think so. You know, I, I asked my guys at the end of the year, like, "Hey, who was who was the best team that that you guys played this year that you guys felt?" Mm-hmm. And I mean, the easy answer: is Chicago, right? They yeah, undefeated yeah. national champs, and and they do take that cake. But yeah, you know, one of the more interesting answers I got from one of my players was, "If you removed." the uniform of who you were playing and didn't pay attention to the name and based, based it only on how you felt they played against you on that night. Uh-huh. Um, Augsburg actually got more yeah. votes than, than people would imagine. I mean, they're, they're fantastic. And, and I think yeah. they were just kind of nipped a little bit too much by dropping points and ties um, yeah. and some yeah. uncharacteristic games on the road and tough circumstances, yep. but they are uh, a fantastic team um, yeah. that wins a lot of games. Uh, they're capable of beating anyone as they showed last year. I mean, they, yeah. they beat Eau Claire, one of only two teams in the regular season yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, conceded with like seven seconds left or something like that in a very interesting end uh, of their game with, with Gustavus. They, they gave up a goal with three minutes against us, um, down mm-hmm. a man. Uh, I mean, th- yeah. they were minutes away from having an entirely different season. Um, yeah. And I'll say – I did not want to play them again in the in the uh, Mayak tournament. Um, yeah. So it was just weird because they were, I, I think most, if you interviewed any other coaches in our conference, I think all of us would say that we felt they were a top three, four team. Um, and they mm-hmm. return almost everybody. Yeah, from everybody. Austin, yeah. Well, I think one, I think, I, I think he said one or three. And, and, and some of the guys they lose are, are certainly influential, right. um, but they also return some of the, the, the best yeah. players in the conference. So, It'll be they're good every year and it'll be fun to go against them again. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to watch some when my schedule frees up here this week. I'm going to watch some of the games because um um yeah, though I, I was really impressed with him and 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 yeah. how the the program and at least how he enunciated how he likes to play. Yeah. And I thought that was like okay, so I now I have to sort of invest a lot more time. Oh, they they, they have a very committed style of play that is yeah. very um, ball dominant and, mm. and pass oriented and great yeah. uh, combination play in the attacking third. Yeah. Um, and it was funny the leading up to their game, uh, I talked to him every week just about whatever's going on. And uh, we did a prediction for what the score of our game would be. And <laughs> we guessed it was going to end like five to five. So three, three, <laughs> off, but uh, we both attack a lot and both are yeah, yeah. on set pieces. You guys time. too, right? I'm not to, talk all about augsburg but that i mean i i watch you guys and i think y- your intuition is to go on the attack at all times right yeah. even even under even when you're up and there's no you know you could slow it down if you want it no you're going like it's this sort of in your dna almost yeah very much so um and part of it is definitely has to do with the fact that i was an attacker when i played and i like i love attacking and I love coaching attacking minded players. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that I could probably use a dose of, uh, of a defensive side of things um, <laughs> to level us out a little bit. But, um, and I, I feel like every time we get the ball, 
um, and we cross midfield, we are a threat to score. And I feel like yeah. every time uh, our opponent gets the ball and counters us, they are a threat to <laughs> score. Um, so they're pretty nerve-wracking games. But, you know, when I – I mentioned earlier that I, I like to compare our teams to some of the teams that I played on in Ohio mm-hmm. Wesleyan just as a measuring stick. And, uh, you know, our team that won the national championship – does not fit the the criteria of what I think a lot of teams put in the mold of national champion, which is mm-hmm. like uh, they don't concede goals. They, yeah. they just defend. And when you have so many NESCAC teams win championships that kind of fit that mold, it, it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, you know, we, we scored like 78 goals that year. Yeah. Um, we conceded about a goal a game. Um, yeah. We just, and part of the reason why we gave up goals is because of how we attacked. Um, yeah. And, we just said, all right, we're going to outscore each team we play. And, and I think inherently I kind of carry that DNA with me where mm. – um, and even if we go down a goal, it, it doesn't really phase us because in the last two years, like we've only been shut out once and it was against mm. North Park in the Sweet 16. Um, yeah. And uh, we just feel like we, we like our chances to score. Um, yeah. We have some really good players who have really good ideas um, yeah. on how to break teams down. And um, more often than not, they're successful doing it. I think, um, right, the, the truth of that, I, I mean, if you're going to choose what's, I don't want to say the most risk, but what, what's the side of the ball that you always want to be on? I'd rather be in a position to score goals. Like, I, I do this weird exercise where I look at player, I look at a position and I say, what are all the decisions that, a, that, that this position needs to make? And come out with 30, 50 decisions from order of importance to not and they all start, except for the goalkeeper, score goal. Yep. You know, yeah, so, I, I'm the right. same way. Ironically, I was talking to some of the guys on my team this week. Obviously, Jesse Marsh is uh, uh, is out at Leeds. And, um, yeah. you know, we started talking about who who we, who we would we want to coach the national team. And I said, would you rather have Bielsa or Jesse Marsh? Yeah. Number number of them said Jesse Marsh. And they yeah. cited Bielsa uh, conceding a lot of goals is the reason yeah. why. And I said, well yeah. – uh, they also score a lot of goals, and yes, don't yes. forget that that is our DNA too. We score yeah. a lot of goals, and it's probably too much too. Yeah. Um, hey, let, just really broadly, where's what? Where do you recruit? What are your your main area to recruit from? And, and do you compete with other teams for? You know, are you like in a competitive marketplace for players? Um. So we're pretty we're a pretty geographically diverse team. You know, a mm-hmm. quick glance at our roster would tell you that like a third of our team is international um a a third of our team are from minnesota and then roughly a third of our team are from other domestic states and Mm -hmm. i really like that that breakdown um saint olaf has a really great academic reputation um that i think allows us to to pull from such a wide um you know wide market and Mm -hmm. I would say within each region, I compete with similar schools. So, like on the surface, I, I would tell you I, I compete with a lot of schools, but it's kind of it's it's unique to each region. Um, yeah. When I recruit international student athletes, I'm recruiting against a lot of the same schools, and a lot of them are out east. Um, a lot of the NESCACs and, and yeah. Centennials and whatnot. Um, when I go west, I actually west in and in Minnesota um, recruit against. You know, Gustavus, McAllister, Carlton, yeah. um, a lot of a lot of those schools. The, the like, high, the, the high academic school, right? Like yeah, with these higher one, academic, I mean, yeah, yeah. With Carlton, McAllister, and us, I I think that most people would kind of identify us as the the top three academic yeah. schools in our conference. Mm-hmm. But even within that, like Carlton's like a top ten school, top 10 and Mac school. is a yeah, is yeah. a top thirty, and and we're yeah. a top fifty, and and that's. Yeah that's a pretty big gap. Um, yeah, yeah. but it's still, um, a, a high enough, you know, yeah. ranking in, in the division three world to, to appeal to really smart student athletes. So, yeah. um, and then with, yeah, with, with Minnesota guys, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes an Augsburg or, or a Gustavus will come in, yeah. um, just because I think the three of us are all play pretty good yeah. soccer and, okay. and are well coached yeah. and, and, uh, are pretty successful. Yeah. Hey, um, do you just, this one just popped up in my head because you mentioned it. I, I, I mean, is there, 
Are you intentional about the international recruiting or is that something that because St. Olaf, there's some like admissions pipeline that you sort of piggyback on to find players? So I'm pretty intentional about it. Um, Mm -hmm. My predecessor, Kurt Anderson, who was here for 30 years, um, lovely man who is one of our biggest fans, um, comes to like all of our games. He did a great job of, of having a good international contingent mm-hmm. within our team. Um, and when I took over, we had a couple French guys who were very, very good. Um, right. And we were fortunate where that turned into, uh, I think, one of the best players in, in Division Three, and, and Victor uh-huh. Goldman. Um, oh, my God. His older brother, Luca, uh, was here. And Luca was a hell of a player as well. Um, but uh, Kurt had a good international pull within the team, and mm-hmm. I've tried to continue that. And, and mm-hmm. maybe I, I, I think we we take different routes about how we how we go about it in terms of I go to prep schools in the Northeast quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. uh, and we have a, a relationship with United World Colleges um, that also helps. But uh, that's kind of the the lowdown with. With okay. how we yeah, I, I, I was just more curious because it, like I said, some some coaches are much more intentional about it. I know in in some instances it's the school, right? It's the nature of the school and yep. who they look to, and and so I, I was just curious about that. All right, um, because we've been going off sidetracks because I'm I'm this has been great so far, but let me go back to just the basics. What. If somebody asks you, "Hey, how do you think your 2022 season went?" what 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 do you say to them? I would say it ended well, and it it got progressively better um, after the first like six games. Um, you know, it was a uh, each year I've been here, we've we've had a new challenge in front of us. So my first year, um, you know, the, the preceding two years, we were like. Four and thirteen and five and thirteen. Um, so, my first year it was just about like, can we win more games and, and build some belief? And to be frank, we did it in in not like not a fashion that I would happily send film over and say, watch the way we play. Um, but we we needed to figure out how to win and, and grind some games out. And you know, we we went nine and nine in the regular season my first year. Uh, made the conference tournament for the first time in five years uh, and then lost in, in the conference quarters, but, uh, you know, overachieved by, by many margins, you know, the year before we were two and eight in the conference. Um, mm-hmm. So that was good for building some belief. Um, then the challenge the following year was, can we keep our roster intact in COVID? Um, mm-hmm. oh, and and we yeah. did. I mean, we, we had our whole team here all year and that was, almost a blessing in disguise because we got to train all year round. We got seven friendlies in the spring. That was, was fantastic um, because we started like nine freshmen in most of those games. Um, and, and we realized, all right, we could, we could be all right. Um, and, and then the goal going into 2021 was, can we take that and put it together in a season that actually matters? Um, and, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I thought we were going to go nineteen three and one in twenty twenty one and play with style. Like I'll yeah, just like, throw that in there. You guys were just so good. I, I appreciate that. And like pragmatically, I, I would have guessed maybe we win eleven to thirteen games that year mm-hmm. um, because we started nine freshmen and sophomores like every yeah. game. Um, yeah. So now going into this past season, it was okay. Can, can we do that again? And that is where I have like probably the utmost respect for, for Jay and, and for coaches like Jay who have been able to do it for so long with you know bigger targets on your back and, and whatnot where they can take other teams' best punches and, and still keep rolling with them. And you know, we played a really hard schedule this year and, and we got off to a tough start. Um, we were two and three in the first five games and you know, without any losses that are like embarrassing you know we lost to Warburg who was was good this year lost to North Park lost to Chicago but certainly when you win 19 games the year before and you start off two and three I think it makes you wonder um were you just a flash in the pan how good are you and uh I think that tested us a little bit tested me a little bit I, I think I was um 
out of my elements for, for a week period there. And, and, uh, we got to go in the right direction. Um, and and credit to all the credit to, to my guys who really were stabilized and, and, uh, and we had a really good week of practice. Uh, We were supposed to play Luther on a Wednesday and it got canceled, uh, due to a, uh, a heat rule that our conference has. Um, Mm -hmm. and we ended up having a really good, couple days of practice and, and that started the next game after was McAllister, which was mm-hmm. arguably our best win of the year. Um, that's a team that doesn't concede many goals at all. And, and we went to their place and, and put four on them and, and yeah. um, everything just went our way that day. And, and that felt like we were going to start moving in the right direction. So uh, after that, and we still had some setbacks along the way. Um, you know, Carlton was a loss that was tough to swallow because it was in the midst of like a, I think a five or a six game winning streak. Game um, yeah. We, we took a red card in like the 20 or 23rd minute, um, which is a long time to play down a man yeah. um, when it's just, one half, person, yeah, but brutal. when it's also Victor, who's our two time all American and pulls yeah. a lot of our strings, it was, it was another um, layer to that red card that affected us. Um, then we, you know, got it going again, lost a tough one at Gustavus, uh, in the regular season. Um, but we're okay with how we played. Um, then we played Platteville two days later and that was a great way like to get back yeah. right on the bus and, and try to keep going and went on the road and, uh, three, nothing win and, and played great. And, um, that, that win was huge for us because as is evident by our schedule, like we really don't want to shy away from playing good teams, but, there's only so many times you can keep going to the locker room saying um, we played good against this team, but we didn't win. Um, so it was nice to go there and finally beat a good team um, and, and play really well, especially, you know, 48 hours after a, a really big loss. You know, we always feel like the, the winner of our Gustavus game is not automatically going to win the conference, but it's going to be in the driver's seat. Um, so that was tough. But uh but- but a game yeah. like that one during the, se- the Gustavus game, the most dangerous game, in my opinion, is is the Platt- becomes the Platteville game, right? Because yeah. you put so much emotion, so much effort into this big time game, yep. and you sort of emotionally are let down. If you don't have your guard up, you you could Platteville could do something to you that hurt you, right? Absolutely. And then it just sort of sets you off on a bad path, and that's absolutely. Not- um, and, and, you know, aside from that North Park game, I mean, these are one goal games that you lost. It's not the, like the only asterisk I'll put in with the North Park game, too, is that one of their kids hit the goal of the year with like 60 seconds left as we push uh-huh. everybody up. Um, and we were trying to chase the game. It was three, two for the final. Like, yeah. oh, we made okay. it three, two with 42 minutes left in the game. And it was oh, so you were chasing for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it felt like a one goal game. They got one on the score sheet late that kind of yeah. made make it look different. But um, we were in every single game, yeah. which in some ways makes it tougher to swallow. Um, yeah, yeah so, because you're you're right there, and it, like I said a, a second ago, it gets old being proud of how you play but losing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, make no mistake about it. I'm. I'm proud of the way that we play, but I'm not like a, a soccer purist that if we lose and, and play an attractive style, get on my high horse and insult the other team. Um, yeah. The goal is to win. We have good enough players and I think a good enough identity that we can win a lot of games doing it the way that we want to. But, um, you know, if the weather is bad or we're on a crappy field, um, our game plan will change immediately. It's not yeah. about how many passes we connect and, and try to try to sell that it's we want to win games and um that was tough at the beginning of the year not not doing that not doing that yeah yeah i mean i i've said too right like your first five six out of season out of out of conference games like depending on how you end up that determines the rest of your season right just psychologically right like you say you're yeah you lose three Man, you could have easily just sort of given up. And I yep. know teams that would have just sort of been like, I, we can't deal with this. Yep. And just sort of throw it away, right? Absolutely. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you some rule changes. Um, so you'll, you only really had two ties, one in the regular season. Um, 
against uh, Augsburg. And then in the, against Gustavus in the NCAAs, that, um, the, the, both of those uh, were the ties. The, Gustavus obviously went to OT. Penalty kicks? Yeah. Yeah, penalty kicks. Um, the lack of overtime, do you, or the no overtimes during the regular season, I mean, net positive, net negative, any thoughts on that? Um, you know, we haven't tied that many games in my time here. We, we tied mm-hmm. zero games my first year. We tied uh, one game in 2021. It was Chicago. And then last year we tied two. So on the whole, we, we decide most of our games. Um, mm-hmm. or our, I shouldn't say we decide. Our game is decided, decided. at the end of 90 minutes. But um, I absolutely miss overtime. Um, and in 21, we were actually we were 4-0-1 in overtime games. Um mm-hmm. And that had a huge bearing in winning 19 games. games um, yeah. You know, if those those end up as ties, it's it's different. Um, I understand that the the people who are in support of it, but I am not one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I am on the national committee as well um, for for uh, the Division Three men's tournament, and mm-hmm. just having to sift through ties is just a, it's a little bit um, it's a little bit harder. Um, and I know people will cite that I think it was like 43% of games that went to ties uh, were decided. So 57% oh. still oh, ended tied, as, yeah. as ties. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would say, okay, well, that's 43%. That's almost half of them still have a winner yeah. and loser out of it. And I am, I am personally in favor of, uh, of letting – players and, and coaches try to find a winner yeah. on the day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I listened to to my buddy Dehan with you the other day, and I don't think I could have put it any better. I, yeah. the way, I feel like player wellness and, and health and safety is only cited when it helps an argument and not when it doesn't. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I drastically – I miss overtime. Yeah. yeah. The um... – I've been saying like this to me is, and I appreciate it, right? Like I know the heart's in the right place and these decisions are made, but the player load argument on overtimes doesn't, isn't too convincing for me just because I don't think it's as impactful just the you know, the time, the amount of time that you have. I think if they were, if if player load was the, was the big issue and that they were, and they meant it like it would be okay. How do we address it during the season? Yep. Not these, you know, 20 minute stretches. Yeah. That, you know, that, I feel the same way. And then the other, the other reason why I like it. And, and I don't know if anyone said this with you yet, but um, I'm a, so I'm a big fan of the clock in college mm-hmm. soccer. I love the transparency of mm-hmm. Yep. one ref not arbitrarily getting to decide when the game ends. Yeah. I like that both teams know exactly how much time is left. I think we all know that it could be better at when to stop the clock, when when not yeah. to. I always viewed overtime as like a natural stoppage time for games yeah. that, yeah. Oh, that that's a good point. don't get it. So yeah. that's one reason I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. I think if, uh, if we continue to not have overtime, I would like to see stricter – rule enforcement uh, about how the clock is operated. Um, yeah. So it, it stops sh- more quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So there is more actual playing time. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's another reason why I miss it. Yeah. yeah, That's true. You can, I, I said this in the 90 minutes and some of the games that I watched, I was, you know, again, I always use the word intentional, but I do think there were coaches out there who were intentional about killing the clock. For sure, so, or, or 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 bleeding it. I, I'm not, I'm not saying that they were doing anything nefarious or other, but when they made substitutions and how long those substitutions yep. took, the throw-ins and all the nonsense that goes around throw-ins and how much time goes off the clock there, right? That that and oh, and then you know dead ball fouls. Like how long do you take to to get the ball back in play? Like, you know, one of the things, others. I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is an this is something that I'm uh, pretty. Uh, into uh, pretty passionate about um, the other area that this is created is, is I think referees have a lot more um, what's the word I'm looking for. They, they have a lot more say in, in trying to read intentions and mm-hmm. I don't like that. So like, for example, in our game, it was like the third game of the year. 
we were playing against uh, Central um, from Iowa, and it was one of those games that I think we we had shots were all us. Um, they were playing for a tie, and, and you know, and, and I uh, I don't knock it because they're good. They were so organized on the day, mm-hmm. um, and we scored a goal with like I don't know two minutes left in the game, and then we got a yellow card for for milking the time, taking a throw in with like 90 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. When the previous, whatever, 88 minutes, when a ball would go out for a goal kick, 45 seconds, a minute would run off the clock. And I don't yeah. quite see how – so now that we scored a goal, it's we're allowed to be dinged for yeah. a yellow card for for uh, wasting the game when it happened for 88 minutes prior yeah. and it didn't. So that's – I think referees have a little bit too much say in trying to read intent with that. Yeah. There should be more consistency. I, just to be clear, I'm I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. Like I, I mean, this stuff applied from the moment the whistle blows. I'm not saying like oh towards the end. No, I mean, you know, you, you can determine a team. I always say you can determine how how a team wants to get the ball in play or how fast they do by look at the first goal kick kick yep is the is the goalkeeper looking for the ball is he running for the ball is he placing it down as quickly as he can or is he coming up with all the nonsense like that to me dictates a lot like that to me says a lot right yeah. and again maybe it's just old school i don't know i watch this stuff but the, i think that sort of thing should be n- nipped in the bud from the get-go yeah and i i'd be perfectly fine if you said you know you get just like a goalkeeper gets six six seconds, supposedly that's never enforced. Yep. But have the ball in his hands, throw-ins. You got six seconds to get the ball in play, yep. or otherwise you turn it over. I'm well, okay with that as well. I just you know? I wish these rules existed in 2019 when I didn't yeah. feel that we were like more skilled yeah. than most of our opponents, yeah. so we would have had a better opportunity. I mean, trying to hang on for another 20 minutes is a significant uh, yeah. period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyhow, I could definitely. I'm with you there. Like, it's just the sort of thing that drives me. And, the, I mean, I could go down on the referee thing, right? Like, I'm convinced that on long throws, like, so much illegality happens in just these, you know, teams that take advantage of long throws yep. and have the guy who can whip it in. I, I, I mean, moving up 20 yards to get a throw so that they're close to – like, yep. that sort of thing has got to stop in my yep. book. But I agree. what do I know? I just sit here wear, wear hats from teams that – Cause me nightmares. Um, <laughs> hey, um, are, let me know your, what are your thoughts about the the extension of preseason? Now that you get the six or eight days or whatever it is, uh, in, is in that, season. Yeah, yeah. I, any more time is is a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, I, I echo the same sentiments that I think other coaches have said. Where anything extra we get, we're happy about. Um, yeah. I also agree that I think most teams would trade eight days for one extra game um, in a second. Um, But we we take the wins where we can get them. Um, I really believe in that preseason should have been extended Extended, for that uh, acclimatization period. Um, I can't say that word, but yeah, neither can I. Um, (laughs) That was the best I've ever done it. And I still think it's pretty bad. Um, But uh, I, again, to go back to what we said five, 10 minutes ago, when it's convenient, uh, player wellness and safety and yeah. student athlete experience is cited, but when it causes um, schools to have more money, inconvenient. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, exactly. Yeah. And I, I um, know you and Dayon talked about it, but for anybody who does watch this, if you haven't seen Brandon Bianco's Twitter thread, Twitter, I got to do that. Yeah, data on this. Um, it's it's pretty eye opening. I mean, over the course of, of four years a spring sport like lacrosse who often gets compared to soccer yeah. they get an entire another player se- playing season than than yeah. fall sports that aren't yeah. in football so it is um, remarkable i didn't know i mean t- until i saw that i i, I made a note because i got to do this maybe i'll just even post it record it and and or record it scrolling through so that people have a time have time to go through it yeah um the it is remarkable to me the difference yep. between like sports. Thirty, like I think the number was like thirty-two days. Yeah. Like how is that? How do you justify that? Like well, this, seriously, well, like how do you just? How would you justify that? The weirder part too is that you know some spring sports who they advance in their in their postseason and like 
so they're on campus after graduation. And it's just like now the school is paying for them to be there. It's the same thing as if they were paying for us to be there. On the back end. For them, it's on the back end. For soccer, it's on the front end. Exactly. Um, So it it just – it doesn't quite – seem right and it yeah funny to me that it, it takes a guy like brandon just to put that data in front of us to yeah. like, show what we've all kind of felt for a while but i mean yeah. it's it's right there it's yeah. us in the face of, of how um unequal it is yeah sometimes it's just that that's like the overton window right like yeah. somebody's got to bring it up yeah to change the conversation around it or at least to sort of get it in front of people's minds because then they might not be happen this year, but guys like uh, you know Coach Bianco, like constant or bringing it up and talking about it, and sort of what I try to do in these yep. interviews, like people will start to be aware, and then suddenly be like, "Well, wh- why is this the story?" And then put pressure. Yeah, right? I think that's absolutely. Um, all right, so let's go into the talk a little bit about the season. You went fifteen five and. T- t- 15, five and two, you won the Mayak um, after you beat a, obviously a very good Gustavus team um, two two one. I, I, I'm curious, did you, you, you knew you had, a, obviously you have a good team that start of the season doesn't go your way so much. It's a little rough. Was there a time when you thought after that, or maybe even during like, man, we have the, we have the capability of going all the way in this to go to the tournament, to go to the NCAAs. Was there a point or were you always of the belief that that was the case? I think I was always of that belief. Um, you know, my, my associate head coach, Justin Oliver, who has been with me from day one um, since I accepted this job and is a huge reason why we're, we've gotten better. Um, the night we lost to North park, uh, we were at our hotel in Chicago um, we were, you know, the way our minds work, we immediately start thinking like how many games can we drop and potentially still be <laughs> in the conversation for an at large, which is not the right way to think at all. Um, but, uh, after we finished wasting about 90 minutes talking about that after four games in the season, he said something along the lines of like, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to win the Mayak tournament anyway and make a run. And I said, you know what? I, I agree. Like I, I, I think this team, like this year, will do that. I didn't think the team the year before was capable of doing that. Um, mm-hmm. When we lost to Carlton the year before in the Mayak final at home, we were just a bunch of – it was the first time in like 20 games that we looked like a bunch of kids playing um, against a, a really good Carlton team. And the, Last year, we just with how much experience we returned, um, even when we lost, we were never like – that phased by it because we played pretty good in those losses. Mm-hmm. And um, that like, we were very, I'm way more concerned with how we're playing um, than the results that accompany. Um, and to be clear, I, I would rather win ugly yeah. than like lose pretty to be very clear. But um, you know, if we're happen to be winning ugly three, four games in a row, we got some stuff to figure out um, because that isn't conducive to, to being, um, just consistent throughout the the entire season. So um, I think we felt good about our chances most of the year. um, And those losses didn't really do anything to derail us. Cause even within them, when you really get down to the nitty gritty and how like the plays that lost those games, there were some really, really spectacular individual players on my team who who had some very uncharacteristic mistakes that being a betting man, you don't bet on to happen twice in a row um, or two times in a season. So we felt good about our chances and, um, you know, we're, we're one of the things that I love about our our conference is, you know, if you get to the conference championship, chances are you're playing against a team that's going to make you better for for the NCAA tournament. I think both us and Gustavus got that that benefit. Um, you know, we said going into the game, it, you know, this is a Sweet 16, Elite Eight level match, and and certainly that proved to be the case a couple weeks later. But um, to get that kind of tune up before the tournament was great. Um, yeah. Because when we were able to, to go down and come back and win and then, you know, get by our first game and, and then play North Central, who was also undefeated, and we were down at halftime just like Gustavus. I mean, when you go on the road and beat two undefeated teams that are ranked in the top 10 and you come from behind in both games, you start to believe, like, all right, there isn't really anything. Like, nothing's going to scare us. Um, yeah. And, 
And so we started to believe that, you know, this really, even more so than 21, like we could get to a final four, we could do something. And, you know, it wasn't in the cards this year. Um, made the mistake of scoring first against Gustavus, which is the team who scored first the last like three or four times we played, um, with the exception of the regular season win over us, hasn't really held on. The, the team who concedes first can come back and win. So we got to let them score first next year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that kickoff. Just get it out of the way. Exactly. That kickoff. Let exactly. them drive down. Score. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Let's play now. That's great. Um, no, you're right. Like you, you. I mean, Gustavus twice in those three weeks. In those two weeks, three weeks. Well, two weeks. Nor Gustavus twice in North Central, and then in your regular season, you're wrapping up. I mean. Like you said, Augsburg was really good. Like, I mean, that's just prep, you know? Yeah. Like, that to me is just prep and and what you do, and, and especially going into the tournament. For it's sure. A shame that, it's a shame, I, obviously I understand why, but it's a shame that you and Gustavus crossed paths again in Chicago. Yeah, right? you know, like, I, I... It was almost I, like a different yeah. bracket or somehow sure. where you could have met. I think For sure. I, I'm just happy that the committee did a good job of not putting yeah. us in like, the same pod and... You know, yeah. if, you, if you have conference rematches in the Sweet 16, yeah. I mean, I, whenever you play the same team a third time, it means both you are good. I mean, good. It means yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not taking that conference away. tournament, yeah. and, and yeah. you did something right to get yeah. a chance to play again. And, yeah. um, I mean, yeah, we certainly wish we could have edged them in pens and, and kept yeah. going, but they're a really good team. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm impressed, yeah. Gustavus, the way they play as well. Like for sure, just, for sure. They're um, they're a very, very uh, yeah, strong yeah. team. Yeah. Um, hey, you mentioned them before, um, just because I try to highlight players. Like, how big of it, how, how important was, or is, was Victor Gallman to your, to your team, to your program? Um, yeah, maybe you could talk about him. Yeah. Uh, Victor is... Um, is a very, very special player at this level. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't think there are many guys that are, are more complete as a player than him. Um, it was funny when, when he came here, his older brother, Luca, uh, who, as I mentioned before, very, very good player in his own right. Um, and you know, when Luca would say someone is good, it, it really meant that they were good because yeah. he didn't dish out many compliments very often. And <laughs> when his brother decided to come here, um, he came to my office and he told me like, Victor is going to be the best player in the conference. And I said, uh, something to the effect of like, as a senior, like that's, that's good. And Luca responded like, no, like next year as a freshman, he'll be the best player <laughs> in the conference. And that's I was awesome. like, hey, okay. My brother's man. saying that too, right? Like I'll believe it when I see it. And, yeah. uh, and he missed the first semester that COVID year, um, cause mm -hmm. it was all remote. So yeah. He came out in the spring, and uh, we we had this five-a-side tournament, the first practice, um, after he won the beep test, and then he dominated in the, the five-a-side tournament. And me and my uh, me and my associate head coach, Justin, just kind of looked at each other, and we were like, I, we think, got a player. I think we got a player. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's great. Uh, he's surrounded with a lot of really good players, too. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, he's a very, very hard worker. I think that's – it's a lot of fun seeing him get the awards that he gets because he really does earn them. Um, it's not just a talented guy who gets votes from other coaches. He, yeah. he puts in the work in the off season and is always playing. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I, I think we got some other special players as well uh, that should be in the conversation for all American awards and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think if you ask other coaches that watch us play or play against us, Victor's kind of the one that, that in the midfield, yeah. at least, they really have to game plan for. And yeah, yeah. I think Shea Bechtel up top is another one that, yeah. that I think um, I like really him as well. wreaks havoc yeah. on people. I, I was just – the Victor Goldman was one of my top 30 players yeah. that I watched. And and the reason – I will say, like, you watch, you watch one of your games, and I always look for, hey, it's almost like, who's that guy? You know, like there's that one where you're just kind of like at a different level for whatever reason, whether it's skill or whether it's just sort of presence or what. And he was the first one I noticed, like, who is that guy? Because for sure. He, he to me is he's that guy that everybody sort of I don't want to say revolves around, but 
Um, you could tell, like, just, again, presence, his ability, all these things. I think he had, there were a lot of play. Everyone just sort of looks like this is the guy. Right? Yep. And I'm just no, really he's, he's definitely a, a very important piece of, yeah, yeah. of what we're doing here. Um, all right, so I got a couple more questions, and you can get on with your cold, chilly day in Minnesota. Um, what What are your plans for the spring? Like, what do you do? Is it more technical? Is it more tactical? Um, so I would say that, uh, especially in Minnesota, um, we spend a lot of time indoors. And um, we have, I mean, we have nice indoor facilities. We have a dome like five minutes off campus that the guys can go to and, and, and play every week if they want. Um, but currently we get 16 practices. Mm-hmm. In the last practice I ran with them was, you know, the November. Um, mm-hmm. So the last thing that I want to do is, is try to overcoach in the spring um, mm-hmm. because – a big element and a big component to why people come to St. Olaf is uh, we have one of the top study abroad programs in the country. Um, mm-hmm. So we have like seven or eight um, guys that are abroad this semester that will miss our entire spring season. Um, and that's normal though. Right? That's very that's normal. Not, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm very, very supportive that's, of it. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, I think go. it's an incredible opportunity for them. And I would go. Same. <laughs> and I have regrets about not doing it myself when I was in college. Um, yeah. And, uh, that affects our numbers and, and I, all this to say um, we don't just roll the balls out and play by any stretch of it, um, mm-hmm. but we do play a lot because the guys, I mean, we, we want to, I, I want our practices to be two things. I want them to be fun mm-hmm. and I want them to be very, very competitive. Um, we, we keep track of winners and losers and everything that we do. And because uh, the guys, you know, they like having bragging rights over yeah. each other. And, of course. Um, and who doesn't like making fun of whoever lost on the day? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, we like doing that. And, and the spring is really just if it if I had to encapsulate into one word, I would say we try to make it as competitive as possible. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, we can do that. We still find the right moments to to hop in and, and point things out um, that are conducive to the tactics that we want to run. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, we really just like to compete and, and, and yeah. play a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, last one for you. What does your recruiting class look like for, I guess it would be 2023, the fall? Um, are, are, you, are you done? Are you, you know, what kind of players do you got? We're, we're almost done. Um, we, I'm looking for probably two more guys. Um, we have si- <laughs> I understand I'm, you still have some eligibility. I I don't know if I do, but I will will find some. Like, if you can make the the switch from goalie to to defender, then we'll have that conversation. Um, I can do uh, definitely. Now we, I just uh, got the beep test thing. We got to talk about that. <laughs> we talk we, about we have six guys currently committed, um, and I'm I'm really excited about them. Um, they're they're kind of a mix from all over. Um, we we have only one guy from from Minnesota currently. Um, we have three guys coming from the Chicago area, uh, one from Nebraska, one from Iowa, um, really all over. Um, but, but we think they, they address some immediate needs and also provide some, some much-needed high-level depth at some other positions. Because um, it, it's interesting. I mean, we, we return 11 starters off mm-hmm. all 11 off our, wow. our Sweet 16 team, which I don't think many teams do that. Um, so – I think on one hand, you, uh, I think one of the reasons why I'm really excited about these guys is, you know, we don't, we don't lie to kids to get them to come here and tell them one thing and do another. Um, we're very transparent with, you're honest. That, oh my uh, God. Holy smokes. We return a very talented team. Yeah. And we think all these guys are at a level that, that they're go, going to be competing with the guys that, that were starting at the, at those positions last year. And should they, uh, win the position, then, then it'll be theirs. Um, you know, the, the, what, one, one thing that people don't understand about our team last year, I mean, we, we returned 10 starters off our sweet 16 team last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, on the surface, it doesn't look like a team that is itching for freshmen to break through. And yeah. the two players who led our team in minutes played last year were two freshmen. Um, so if you're good enough, then, then you'll be on the field and, we think the guys that are coming in are, are going to be um, pushing the guys that we currently have. And, and if they don't, if it, it ends up that the freshmen aren't quite good enough right away, um, 
then I think it's a good situation where a lot of the guys who would be in quotes, you know, ahead of them in the depth chart um, mm-hmm. would be seniors. And, and there's more of a, a direct path for them to potentially after, after they uh, graduate to, to slide in. But um, it's the kind of depth that, that I think we need in order to take mm-hmm. that next step from being a sweet 16 team to trying to becoming a final four team. And um, we're excited about it. What's can I, I just thought of another one, especially dealing with freshmen and what? What's your like? How 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 many how how many on the on the on your roster do you think you use in a season? During, yeah, I'll just say the regular season. Tournament's different. I get that, but yeah. the regular season. Um, how many do you think you use? So I, you know, we we usually carry anywhere from like twenty nine to thirty two guys. I think has kind of been the number in each of our given years, with anywhere from three to four goalkeepers. Um, so we always have enough to go 11s of practice um, and then, you know, have some room for the inevitable injuries at sideline guys yeah, yeah. for bits and pieces at a time. You know, I, I would say in, in the closer games early in the year, uh, I'm not looking at the box scores ahead of me, but, you know, I, I would say anywhere from 13 to 16 guys are, are yeah. is the number I play in those games. Um, mm-hmm. I think early on in the year, it airs on the side of, of uh, larger numbers, um, just yeah. as we're trying to see – who can help us more. Yeah, and as yeah. the season wears on it, you know, that number kind of um, dwindles a little bit to, to right. figure out, you know, who are the guys you really are relying on at crunch yeah. time. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I would say, I, I think next year, I say this now in, in February, but I, I think with the depth that's coming in um, that I, I really believe that we can be a, a team that can comfortably play 16 to 20 ish guys a game, but yeah. whether we do that or not, I have no Different idea. Different story. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. But having the ability to feel like that confident right now is is mm-hmm. is different than, than where we've been in previous years. Yeah. So I'm certainly happy about that. That that to me is like the legitimate discussion about depth, right? Like, do yep. you, right? You you don't. I, I'm sure you're like like a lot of coaches, right? Where you 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 put guys in to test them but you also put guys in to succeed right yeah. and you don't want to put somebody who's not ready in because you know that could have a a, a bigger impact right oh, sure. they stink and all that kind of stuff so that's why i'm always curious about that number because it just says hey how deep can you go in your roster yeah. and still think these kids can succeed in their positions or yeah. wherever you know, i think jay said something to you in, in your interview with him about like Something along the lines of you only have depth if, if you use it, uh, like if yeah. you and and I, yeah. I I agree with that, and yeah. that's where um, I I really believe that when you are more confident about being able to go into eighteen twenty, that that's very different than like fourteen fifteen. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you know you multiply that, you know, fifteen twenty minutes by eighteen games, that that's a lot of minutes you take off people's legs um, yeah. over the course of yeah. the season. So. I, and then you build for next year, right? Sure. You're building those guys. Hey, you know what it's like. You don't have to. This isn't if I throw you. If now I have to use you for 90 minutes, right? Like Absolutely. So, hey, this was fantastic. Even though you're battling Bishop, I won't hold that against you. Um, I really do appreciate you taking the time. This was this was a – I really enjoyed our conversation. And, and um, like I said, I'm a big fan of you guys, the way you play, and um, really impl- impressed with the talent that I, I see you guys. And would love to get out there to see your your field because in your, your stadium because it is if you well, haven't had a chance to watch or check it out it is yeah. it's an impressive place. Well, on that note, um, I'll tell you the game that you should come to first game of the year next year. Uh, we are hosting the defending national champs, U Chicago. Oh my gosh! Um, so if there's a home game to come to, it's probably that one. Um, yeah. So. Uh, Wow, that's a that is, no. You're not like you're you're ju- diving right in. Holy smokes! Yeah, that's, we we want to play really good teams and yeah. um and and test ourselves and yeah. uh yeah, we, we got a, a really strong schedule again next year that we're looking forward to. But um, listen, I, I really appreciate you having me. I, I've been looking forward to this. Um, I really really appreciate everything you do for D three soccer. Thank um, thank you. I, I love watching these interviews, and uh, I look forward to continuing yeah. to uh, to watch more. Maybe we can connect in the summer before the season just to sort of yeah. get your assessment for the upcoming season. I would and love that. Be, I would love that. I won't occupy so much time in those. But, um, again, thanks a lot. I am going to mark my calendar to fly out there. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Minnesota. I it, it's really a great do. place, especially, like, in the fall. I mean, it's yeah. – 
it, it gets a little murky in November. Um, it starts getting a, a lot colder, but like honestly, through September and October, um, it is beautiful weather to, yeah, to be yeah, able to play your season yeah. in. And um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have an awesome facility to, to come out and, and our live stream is fantastic, but it's better. Oh, to see in person. Yeah. The live stream too. Like it's like, you're one of the top that I, in the country, like it's just, it's really good. Different cameras, like multiple cameras, not just the one. Like it's sure. fantastic. Um, oh, last question. Last question. Uh, have you gone ice fishing yet? I have. Oh my God. I, I am not a big, I am not a big fisher. Um, or fisherman. See, I, I don't do it. I don't even know what the right word is to use. Um, not a, not a big fan of it. I would rather golf in the summer. Um, the wild, I'll go golfing with you. Um, yeah. I would way rather do that than, than fish. Um, but yeah. I have some friends who fishing is like the ultimate, uh, get yeah. away from the office move for them. And it's probably a lot more affordable than, than golfing. So maybe I should yeah. turn into it, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I have been ice fishing. It's, it's fun for like a day for me, but I don't think I could do, uh, do more than that. I was in value. I used to go there for business a lot. Like yeah. I was there once a month and, yeah. uh, they, they were like during the summer, they'd be like, Oh, well, next, when you're coming, when you come out to Minnesota, you'll, um, we'll go ice fishing. And there was nothing about those invitations that <laughs> remotely made me think like, wow, that's a good idea. No, I mean, I'm the, like, the uh, first time I was in a car that like drove on the lake, I was very, very uh, unstable nervous. about it. Um, <laughs> I was not comfortable with it. And then I realized very quickly that, uh, that that's just the norm. Uh, take a Ford 150 out on the, yeah, on the yeah. ice and it's very normal. Um, but uh, yeah, not for me, not for me. All right, All right coach. Awesome. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. I appreciate it. I yep. appreciate it. Have a great one. If you like this show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can also find me on anti-social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks. This is a message from my chief marketing officer.